Hello, this is Amber and welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the work and for those of you that aren't, um, I'm a Reiki master and a shamanic practitioner. I've been running my own healing practice since around 2007. I predominantly work with clients on Skype or Zoom all around the world and my work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work uh, and soon to be introduced plant medicine aftercare um, which will be announced on the website in due course. So today's website is about um, connecting with, finding, meeting your tribe, your um, your circle, your inner circle, if you like. People often talk about this, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe or um, meeting your soul family. And sometimes what I tend to hear from clients or students or just in everyday life is uh, that I haven't, I haven't met them. You know, why am I not meeting my tribe or why am I not meeting my inner circle? Or, you know, why have I not got the right people around me? And that's something that I can really relate to. I think I've spent a lot of my life surrounding myself with people who are not right for me. And over the years, I've come to realize there's many reasons why we do that. Um, and it's the the act of doing that, the kind of the seeking that has a rush in itself, like a rush of achievement. But that ultimately, if we don't surround ourselves with the right people, then we've never got the support that we need. So I think there's many reasons why we do this. There's one big glaring reason that I want to talk about, but I think there's other reasons why we tend to do this. I think there is something in the um, adrenaline of the chase, you know, of trying to get someone to like you um, and then getting them to like you. There is something in that which is can feel quite fulfilling for some people. Um, there's something aspirational about a s surrounding yourself with people that you feel are going to be good for you. You know, people that are, maybe they have money or they have connections or um, they have uh, the resources that you want or you need, you need or you aspire to. And we are told by quite prolific self-made gurus that it's important that we surround ourselves with people who elevate us and who are of use to us. Um, and I think there is a, a school of thought that says that you are as powerful as, the, as your, the closest five people around you. And I think that is something that we've been taught quite a lot in Western forms of spirituality and uh, models of success and coaching, that it's really important that we surround ourselves with those people that are going to elevate us, inspire us, um, take us to the next level. And I think there's a, there, there is certain degrees of truth in that. And then the thing that's always bothered me about that is, but, you know, what about the other people? <laughs> you know, like, what about the other people that aren't living up to that level that you're setting of whatever is successful or useful to you are they just suddenly no use to you because they don't have anything to offer you and I've noticed that there are certain types of people in the world who I mean I've come across people who speak very black and white about this that they surround themselves with various pockets of people so they have the people that they go to when they want to have a laugh and then they have the people that they go to 
when they want to do a work-related thing. And then they have people that in their life who make them feel better about themselves because they're not as successful or they, in their eyes, are failures. And I've often seen it with certain people that they'll surround themselves with um, people who make them, feel be- make them feel better about themselves because they're not as successful as they are. And I always think it's quite telling of individuals, of who they surround themselves with. Like people tend to surround themselves with people who are either more successful than them, so it's aspirational, it's where they want to be, or less successful than them because they feel better about themselves then. And I'm not sure what the answer is to this, you know, like I don't have the definitive answer to it, but I've always questioned these ways of being so strategic about the people that are around us. And ultimately, I think when we're looking for our inner circle or our soul group or, you know, those that we have a resonance with, we're looking for those that we have a spiritual resonance with. And really, that could mean that they're not that useful to you. You know, maybe they don't have the context or the money or the influence or the affluence. But on a spirit level, you vibe. And when you come together, something about your energies is positive and it, and it helps you to go out in the world and do more positive things. But I think as individuals in society today, we are programmed to believe that even spirituality is about success, as in you must be failing spiritually if you haven't got loads of money in the bank or you haven't got loads of success. And that's because I think we are so programmed now for the shiny, the shiny, sparkly, happy um, facade. that We all want that. And we can see with the images that people project out into the world, you know, their branding that they put out into the world on social media, that this is how they want to be seen. But the truth is always very different. And I've always had an issue with that because I'm more interested in the truth of someone than the brand that they're projecting. And I'm more interested in how someone makes me feel than whether they're going to be good for my career or not. But over the years, I've started to question that because I've realized that some of the times I've surrounded myself with people who weren't particularly great for me. And I've wondered, have I done that just because they made me feel good, but they couldn't help me? in any way, in my life, in my career. And then I've really sat with that and analyzed it and realized that, no, they didn't even make me feel that good. I just surrounded myself with the wrong kinds of people because in on some level it felt good to be wanted. And so one of the realizations I came to about why I was doing that was because there was a part of me, probably a child part of me, just wanting to fit in and be with the cool guys. So I remember being at school, I've talked about this in the bullying podcast, and having a really miserable time and being bullied terribly at school by other students and by members of staff and that feeling of being an outsider probably because I was a very sensitive shy child but possibly also because I was a a child of color um, in predominantly white schools um, you know growing up in the 80s and 90s when you know racism was just as rife as it is now but there was less um, there was less monitoring of it really and I remember that there was always like the cool kids at school that you wanted to hang out with, you know, the kids that you just thought, oh, I wish I was in that gang, because if I was in that gang, I'd be really cool. And you'd go out of your way to try and be with that gang, you know, what do I have to do to get them to like me, to notice me? And then you'd be in that gang, in that gang, and invariably you'd get into trouble, right? Because like the cool gang, for me anyway, was never the gang that was kind of getting straight A's, you know, it was the gang that was off in the corner smoking and and just sort of, sort of rebelling and they would take you down dead ends you know dead ends of life really but you would have fun and it would be crazy and it would be exciting um and you would feel like you were different and you were subversive and cool and edgy and all this kind of stuff and but that was never actually my my sort of true gang like if I actually thought about 
who were the people that gravitated towards me and what was my gang. My gang was probably those that were quite studious and quite shy and quite kept themselves themselves and sensitive and creative and, you know, the ones that really didn't shout out for my attention but were just kind of silently there. But I never was really very interested in them because they were boring. They weren't cool. They weren't kind of edgy. They weren't who I wanted to be. And over the years, I came to understand that the reason I pushed them away was because I was pushing away an aspect of myself that I didn't particularly like, that I wanted to be more edgy and more daring and more, you know, rebellious um, and all these things that I thought I should be because there were aspects of myself that I wasn't comfortable with, my geekiness or my shyness or my vulnerability or my sensitivities or, you know, the fact that I had connections to other things that at the time kids weren't interested in, um, like spirituality or nature or, you know, writing and art and all this kind of stuff. And so I was constantly pushing away an aspect of myself. And then I, I continued to do that in later years in my life and found myself surrounded by people that were very vibrant and loud and exciting, but really weren't very good for me and took me down a lot of roads that were very unhealthy for me. And I went down these roads because I was so desperate on some level, I think, to fit in and to be like everyone else. And it's only over the years that I've come to be okay and accept these different aspects of myself and know that, yes, I have a crazy wild side, but I also have this, you know, this other kind of geeky, quiet side that, that in also equally needs nurturing and nourishing. So I think when we're seeking out our inner circle, the temptation sometimes is to seek out those that we wish we were more like rather than to actually seek out those who make us feel good about ourselves. And they don't, not, they don't make us feel good about ourselves because they're less than us or, you know, because they're sycophants and they're trying to be like us and steal from us. They just make us feel good about themselves by being themselves and that your energies, when they come together, just feel really good and that you're able to inspire each other and vibe off each other and create stuff together and it feels mutual. And I think one of the biggest sort of sticking blocks in the Twin Flame journey is this, is that when you're faced with your reflection, when you're faced with yourself, unless you've made peace with who you are, you're going to push away your reflection. And as, as it goes in the, in, the, in the twin flame, in the sacred union journey, you know, you're faced with your divine counterpart, who is you, who is an aspect of you, who is all aspects of you. So yeah, you're going to fall in love with the bits that you love about yourself, but you're going to hate the stuff that you hate about yourself that you see reflected back at you in this other person. And that's why a lot of these partnerships, these unions don't work because one or other or both are pushing away the other, but really they're just pushing themselves away. And so I think these are really vital questions to ask ourselves when we think about why have I not met my soul family or my tribe or am I surrounding myself with the right people is, you know, what are you looking for in terms of the people that you're surrounding yourself with? Because there's probably a lot of people, someone said this to me recently, there's probably a lot of people around you that really like you, that really respect you, that would happily support you and that actually, actually if you took the time to get to know and nurture those connections, you'd probably find that you have a lot in common and that you could really vibe really well together. But you're busy trying to seek out, you know, the next big thing that you think is going to take you on to the next big thing. And as we know, there is no next big thing. You know, life is traveled well with those that are going to be by our side on the journey, that match our values and our resonances and our desires and our hopes and dreams and that have very similar 
visions for the future. And I think that's important, you know, where do you want to go as a community? Not where do you think you should go? You know, like, I think we often have this idea that we're not contributing to the world unless we're out on some march somewhere or some rally somewhere or we're not some, you know, social media influencer or we're not contributing to the world unless we've earned millions or whatever. But actually, we contribute to the world by being the best expression of ourselves that we can be and living happy and fulfilled lives. And whether that's, you know, by writing that best-selling book or it's by having a really successful life where you have a family around you that loves you and supports you and that who you love and support and great friends and, you know, you do great things in the world, whether you're doing good in the world by smiling at everyone that you have an interaction with, you know, it, it, it is about those things. That's how we make the world a better place. And it is those little things that add up over time and make our life feel richer. And often we walk around through town and we've got our earphones in and we're busy thinking about all the things that we haven't achieved in our lives. And we're forgetting to actually connect with the world and connect with those around us. And if we made those connections in our life, and we nourished them and we made them richer and deeper and stronger, we might well find that our soul group or our tribe was around us the whole time, but we never really noticed because we were busy pushing them away because we thought they weren't cool enough or they weren't going to give us enough. I find it quite sad when I see that in people, when I, you know, I find it quite sad when I'm on the receiving end of that and I'm deemed not cool enough to be part of someone's inner circle. And I find it sad that that kind of energetic connection is rubbished in favor of, you know, greater connections or money or so on. But I think it is a product of how much we've been programmed to believe that. And I, this is, a, de this is a, a separate topic for a podcast, but I think it's really important that we learn to think for ourselves and that we're, we are actually so conditioned and so programmed that we don't even realize we're not thinking for ourselves. We've been so conditioned and programmed from the day we were born. But even on our spiritual journeys, we believe that we're having these amazing sort of spiritual insights, but we're not because we're part of X number of social media groups and we read X number of books and watch X number of YouTube clips and listen to X number of audios. And we're being programmed by every single person that we have an interaction with who's telling us what spirituality is, what success is, what spiritual development is, what in inverted commas ascension is, what twin flame union is, what sacred union is. We're not having these thoughts for ourselves. And it's really important that we do. And I think we find our soul group, our tribe, when we start to think for ourselves. I think it is a product of our society that so many of us actually are surrounded by a lot of empty vessels. And this is why you see so many social groups only really survive through um, a shared focus, you know, whether it's alcohol, drugs, a project that they're working on, but they don't survive the everyday. And what you're looking for is those people who stand by your side through the everyday and you stand by their side. So it doesn't matter if they get married or have kids or get really successful or lose everything and have no money or go through depression or it's not going to matter because you know that you're in it for the long haul. And we tend to build relationships these days based on the good times. And if you're not having good times, then there's just no point in maintaining that relationship because that person brings your vibe down. And we're told time and again that we don't want to have people around us that are negative. Don't surround yourself with people that bring your vibe down. And I've never really understood that because for every negative expression that a human is expressing... 
they also have the ability to express the positive. And just because someone is going through a bad time, we don't just abandon them. They're still that person. They're just going through a bad time. And I think often people who say, oh, I don't know that I've found my soul group or I haven't found my tribe or people that are in tribes that aren't really theirs and they're trying to fit in and deep down they know that, you know, all of that stuff, it's because they're rejecting either that which reminds them too much of themselves and the stuff about themselves that they don't like or they're rejecting people because they think that they're going to bring their vibe down and it really doesn't work that way. Yes, sometimes you can surround yourself with people who drain you, but I think there's a difference between being around people who drain you and being around someone who's just going through a difficult time. You know, someone that's a really positive influence in your life and you're a positive influence in their life and, you know, when you guys are good, you're really good and then they go through a, a difficult period because they've had a death in the family or in their life or, you know, they've lost their job or whatever, you know, broken up with someone and they're going through a difficult time. It doesn't mean that they're a negative person and they're draining you and they're an energy vampire and you have to cut them out of your life. It just means that they're going through a difficult time. But all the good stuff that was there about them before is still there. It just needs resurrecting. And I think often we're taught that we have to abandon people like that because they're bringing our vibe down and it's just not good to be around people like that. And we must only be around people who bring our vibe up. But in my experience, people who, you know, bring our vibe up all the time are often people that are hiding a lot of really destructive stuff underneath the surface. It is impossible to be happy all the time. It's unhealthy and it frankly scares me when I meet people like that. I'm I'm okay with having the ebbs and flows of life, but I think we are being programmed to believe that's not okay and it is okay. So I think what we're looking for is those people that inspire us and make us feel good and, you know, it feels mutual. But we don't reject them when things hit a bumpy ride. And there's a difference between that and someone who only comes to you when they're depressed or only comes to you when they want money or, you know, is abusive towards you. Like, that's completely different. Of course, you don't want someone like that in your life. Um, and I think it's messy. I think, you know, if you've had a really good relationship with someone and then they say they fall into addiction and now they're stealing from you or their, you know, their personality is changing. I mean, really, when someone is in, in addiction, you're not ever really having a relationship with them. You're having a relationship with the addiction, which is an entity in itself. So I think these things are far more complex than we're taught in, you know, our 30-second spirituality that is doing the rounds these days. And we need to be really mindful of that. I think we live too much on Facebook groups and Instagram and Twitter and get our spirituality in bite sizes and then think that that sort of defines how we must be in the world or, you know, our place in the world. And it doesn't. These are sound bites that have no depth behind them. So these are questions that we need to ask ourselves. You know, who do I have in my life and why do I have them in my life? Who nourishes me and who doesn't? Who depletes me? Um, who makes me feel good about myself, who's going through a difficult time but is actually a really great person and maybe I could be there for them. This is how we grow. If we just surround ourselves with people who make us feel good about ourselves, we never grow. We also grow by sometimes lending a hand to someone else and lifting them up. It's really important to have the right people in our lives because that's our family, it's our community, and community is vital to our um, stability in an ever-changing world. Um, if anything that I've said resonates or you would like to work uh, on an issue that it might have brought up for you or you'd like to dive deeper, then the website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Um, there's lots of information on there on the 
healing programs that I provide as well as the one-to-one sessions. There is an online diary, but it often gets booked out. So if you can't find a slot that's free, just email me. Um, there's always a few slots that I keep aside every week for last-minute work. And I'm sure we can find a time. Um, that's sacredspacehealing.org. So until the next time, so it is and so it shall be. <laughs>